It's been nine years since Toto last released a new studio album, and many fans thought that Falling In Between might have been the band's final chapter. Now, the story continues. Toto 14 is set to launch in Europe on March 20th, the UK and Oceania on March 23rd, and North America on March 24th. The album features 11 tracks and a lineup that is as close to the original band as we've seen in many years, including David Page, Steve Percaro, Joseph Williams, David Hungate, and here to talk to us about this fantastic new album, Inside Music Cast is pleased to welcome back Steve Lukather. Hey, Luke, thanks for joining us again. Hey, man, what's up? How you doing, Steve? <laughs> you doing all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm in mid-Rinko uh, tour and uh, dealing with the Toto stuff, doing a lot of press, and yeah. uh, I'm also putting the tour together. Um, so there's a lot going on, man. Awesome. Well, let's dive in and talk about some of this. You know, yeah. the, la- the last time we had you on Inside Music Cast was about two years ago, and it was around the time when you released uh, Transition. So we wanted to catch up uh, with you a little bit before we dive into the new Toto album. And sure. most of us who follow you, you know, know that you're perpetually on the go, you know, with Ringo, Toto, Larry Carlton, a variety of other stuff that you do. So, you know, for the small amounts of time that you're actually back home, do you take time to chill or, or do you are you still in demand when you get home? Man, I gotta tell you, it's um, it's been a little crazy. I only had four days off in between yeah. uh, tours starting. I had a little bit of time off around the holidays, but even that is, you know, I was always something going on. I really, my little kids, I try to stay with them and focused with them. You know, I try to, you know, I pick, take my daughter to school, pick her up, my little boy. You know, yeah. he's going through what he's going through, and we're. Uh, and that's uh, been challenging, but cool, and everything's working out well, and I don't really have much time for me, per se, yeah. <laughs> to do things on my own, a personal life or anything like that. I, I'd love to say that I did. It's really work, and whatever small time I have off is with the kids. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, you know, you're recently off um, completing a string of, of concert dates with Larry Carlton and Gee Whiz in, uh, I believe, South Korea, Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong. How do the shows go, and uh, is, it, it's, is it safe to assume that uh, we may see a CD project uh, from this tour? Blu-ray, maybe? Oh. Oh, no, you're going to get a DVD, man. I mean, actually, I've been going, that's another thing I've been doing out here is going through the different takes. Yeah. We recorded a few shows, and Larry and I finally agreed on which takes we're gonna, we like. And, Great. Uh, when I come home before Total rehearsals uh, start in April, I'm going to spend about three or four days mixing uh, the, the audio, and they're editing the visual now that we pick the takes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, this thing will probably be out made by the end of the year. Very it's cool. a really great, Keith Carlock played drums. Yeah. Uh, Travis Carlton played bass, who's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Jeff Babco played keyboard. So we had a blast. It's like it's like what we did 15 years ago, but better. Yeah. And we had a great time. I And, you know, of course, you know, Larry's just one of my heroes and a dear friend. We had a million laughs. We played a lot of guitar, and we did great. Places were all sold out and everything like that. It was really a lot of fun. That's cool. How were, what was the, the string of gigs or uh, some of the, the – tell us a little bit about the, the set list. What, what, do you, what can you tell us about Well, that? we did a couple things off the uh, you know the last one, kind of you know the no substitutions record we won a Grammy for. Yep. But um, I we, – we, you know, we wrote – me and Babco wrote something. We dug out a couple of other weird little jams. We, we only had like – an hour to rehearse before we left. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's jam band stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. I actually sang a couple of things, but they're kind of bluesier things. And yeah, uh, yeah. you'll see. You'll see when it comes out. That's cool. Very cool. We did a little tribute to Joe Sample. We did a, you know, awesome. we did a little of this, a little bit of that, you know, the, the little Miles. Uh, we did uh, some new takes on some of the older things. And it was, it was really fun. We yeah. had a great time. Mm-hmm. That's good. Did you say that's going to come out on Blu-ray? Is that right? 
It'll come out, yeah, whatever the high-end, yeah. you know, DVD, whatever, Blu-ray, all That's that stuff good. is. Hey, you know, you're now on tour, as you mentioned a second ago, with uh, with your last best friend, Ringo Starr. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with that one. <laughs> you know, in this lineup with Richard Page and Todd Rundgren and uh, who is yeah. Greg, Greg Raleigh and Bissonette and Warren Hamm, it's been a pretty stable, you know, cast for Ringo here. And, uh, you know, you're obviously enjoying the gig, but do you know how much longer you're going to be involved with this all-star band? Uh, well, there's talk about doing something later in the year. I can't really say too much, but yeah. you know, it's this is the band that won't die. I mean, this is like <laughs> this is the longest all-star band that's ever been together, and yeah. apparently, in his eye, in his words, we're the best because I don't know. We just everybody gets along. It's a personality, and music's great, obviously, because the you know the band is such there's a lot of talent in the band, but yeah. it's it's it is it's a personality thing that you know there he's put together some great bands in the past that didn't get along. Yeah, right. So he so he'd only do like one season with them and that was it. Um this is the, I keep going like I don't want this to end because there's it's just so much fun, man. Yeah. This isn't a job. I mean this I mean I'm doing <laughs> all the the Toto business like that I'd be doing sitting at home from a hotel. Right. But I get to play with him at night and all the guys and mm-hmm. hang with him. And the way he treats us, the way we travel, everything, it's first class as you get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hey, it's a great honor to be part of that legacy. Let me tell you something. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ringo's got a new album coming out called Post- It's really good, too. Yeah. And I got to write a song with him. Yeah. And the band wrote a song together for it. It's Joe Walsh is on it, Peter Frampton. Uh, a lot of great musicians. Uh, Rich Page is on it. Richard Barks is on it. Yeah. Uh, Dave Stewart's on it. Uh, Ringo playing drums and singing his ass off. There's some great, great people on it. And uh, a lot of the all-stars are on it. I've, all of us are on it, actually, in various configurations. But I got to write a song with Ringo, just me and him. It was pretty cool. It yeah, was, that was a track called uh, You Bring the Party Down. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about all, you know, you know, you, we all used to be party guys, you know, and then, you know, people who were my age, you know, late 50s or way, way older who didn't get the memo, it's probably time to chill, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, you know, I tried to hang as long as I could, but then you know, there comes a point where that, that one hangover too many, you go, okay, you know what, this is ridiculous. It's been almost six years since I stopped smoking and being an idiot. So right. There was a long time where it was like, you know, but when people get in your face, it's, it, it was a, he came up with that, and I, we just ran with it. It was pretty funny. We just started thinking about all the crazy people, you know, people that say, hey, man, can I borrow some money? And I do this. It's like you're going, oh, wow, really, dude? Seriously? You know, how old are you again? <laughs> it's sad. I mean, you know, when it ceases to be fun, it ceases to be fun. I mean, partying's a young man's game. We all know that. Yeah. I'm not talking about people who respect, you know, have a little taste of dinner. I'm talking about people who are raging every night. Right, know? right, right, right. Well, were you involved in any other aspect of that album or just that one track? No, I played on uh, that track and I played on the song that we all wrote together. I think I might have played. I did some background vocals on a couple of other things with Joe Walsh and a bunch of the guys. Joe's one of my childhood heroes and a buddy. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just, he, we lived on the street. He's like, right, come on over. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, God, Ringo's calling. We're going to go over and watch, you know, have a cup of tea and shoot the shit with him. Watch a little TV or something, you know. <laughs> He's my buddy. It's it's yeah, I love him so much. I mean, it's a cool stuff, you know. Making new friends later in life, it's a mm-hmm. different thing, you know. We like to. We, everybody enjoy. I really enjoy spending time with him as a person. Very cool. 
Well, let's talk about Toto because, you know, Toto is, is a hot topic right now. And, and you know, since the new album uh, titled Toto 14 is about to be released and, you know, there's a lot of promotional buzz happening on the Internet. And there have been, you know, some very positive reviews being posted, including including the one that I just posted recently on Inside Music Cast. And Eddie and I, we've both had the privilege of listening uh, to the tracks for the past few weeks. And we're both, you know, totally impressed with mm-hmm. the entire collection of songs. It's It's a great album. Thanks, man. Well, we worked really hard on it, man. We didn't phone it in, man. It took 10 months of blood, sweat, tears, screaming, yelling, laughing, crying, whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, we, you know, we hadn't made a record with that configuration since the 80s. I mean, you know, yeah. last time Steve Picaro, David Page, Joseph Williams, and myself were in a recording studio, it was like, what, 1987? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Steve, you know, you know all this, like, oh, it's Toto 5. Well, all Steve meant was, like, you know, it's the first time he sang lead on a record since Toto 4. <laughs> but, we, but we came into this with the attitude of, like, we're picking up where we left off a long time ago. Yeah. Some unfinished business, right. bringing Joseph back and Steve back. I think it was meant to be that we, as we where we were at in our careers and our lives when we did Toto Four was do or die record. We thought, well, it's been ten years and a lot of people expect a lot. Uh, they're saying that old people can't make records with new fresh music or the album's dead or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to dispel those myths and say, bullshit, that's not really true, man. I mean, if you try hard, you spend the time and money, which we did both of. Yeah. Uh, we made this thing. It was made at a time that, like I said, if you asked me well, a few years back, I would have said, that's impossible. We're never going to do that again. Who wants to do that again? Yeah. But I'm glad we did. After with all the yeah. stress that we went through to do it, and I got to give a lot of props to our co-producer and friend C.J. Vanson for being the ringleader, referee, uh, <laughs> yeah. psychologist, whatever you want to call it, you know, and right. the contributor, both musically and songwriting-wise and production and yeah. engineering and mixing. And uh, he, he was a guy that I knew everybody would trust, and he, would, he, he carried a lot of weight on this record, so i got to give him a lot of props. He did an amazing job. You know, well, from what we understand, um, this album is, was actually created out of the uh, uh, out of a fulfillment uh, on a contractual agreement with your record company. Yeah, but that's you know, true. I guess my question is, if if this had not been the case, was a new album not on the radar for Toto? Uh, I probably not, man. Yeah. Not 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 the way it came about. Like when you're forced to do something, you have to step up and go. Okay, we got to get out of this. We got to do this. So if we're gonna do this. We have to set aside this period of time to do this. And everybody's working, doing other things. I'm out with Ringo. I was doing solo stuff. I was doing this. Steve had the TV show, yeah. Justified. Right. You know, Joseph was doing his thing. Dave was doing his thing. You know, I tried to get everybody in the same room. Dave Hungate came back. That was a big surprise. That's something that's yeah. great. Uh, Lenny Castro's coming on the road with us. That's, that's right. Not since the, I mean, this says a team of people that haven't been on the road together since the way early days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're really excited about that. I think we're going to put together, we're, we're throwing around, you know, song list ideas outside of the obvious stuff we have to do. We're going to try to do some really unobvious stuff. And then, you know, obviously some new stuff from the new album. But, uh, you know, we're throwing around those ideas now. Yeah. And so there's a lot going on, right? we got Mark Brickman coming in to, to design our lighting stuff. And he's the guy that did Roger Waters and wow. Springsteen and Genesis. <laughs> and he's been an old friend of ours from the Boss Gags days. Yeah. Came out of retirement to do this. Oh, you guys want me to do something different for you? You got to be open to mind to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to trust the guy that did Roger Waters The Wall. Yeah. To make sure, you know. <laughs> I don't think he knows better than I do. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Well, uh, and uh, nobody's coming to see my 
pretty face. They want to hear great music sound hi-fi with a cool look without, yeah. I mean, we don't have a trillion dollars to make the wall, but yeah. we can do something that's, you know, everybody's so used to the very lights. I mean, shit, you can have a seizure going to shows now. You got to wear sunglasses. <laughs> it's like, are you lighting the band or are you trying to cause me to have an epileptic seizure right now? <laughs> True. You know, so I mean, it's a little over the top at the very least. We're going to try to maybe try to do something a little different twist to that. Yeah, there'll still be colors and stuff, but you know, it's a, you know, there's as I've taken on a little bit more of a leadership thing, um, it was just I, I want to keep my hands in all this to make sure that we're all focused. Yeah. Um, I have the time to do it and I don't mind doing it, you know, but yeah. I obviously I go to everybody and go, what do you think? But I'm taking care of just some of the front end grunt work that some yeah. of the other guys don't like to do so much. Right. Right. Well, hey, you know, I mentioned in my review of the album that even though this album formed out of this contractual obligation, you know, the effort that you guys poured into it is it's massive. And, and it's this is, in my opinion, it's as good as any total album you'll you'll experience with, you know, huge production. And, you know, the songs are very diverse and there's stellar songwriting and performance. And, you know, I, this is what Toto fans expect and they're not going to be disappointed. Well, you know, we didn't want to just throw something together um, just to fulfill an obligation. We thought it would have been burning the people that uh, supported us. I mean, we were sort of overwhelmed and taken back by the success of the DVD, which went number one and top three in every country in the world, including the United States, which is really a trip. Yeah, yeah. So we're going like, well, we can't just screw everybody. We want, you know, let's go in there. Do we have something left? I mean, once we succumbed to the fact that we were going to do this, um, we sat down and looked at each other really hard in the eyes and said, this has to be great. We can't just yeah. throw something together. We got to really, and Joseph, you know, I got to give Joe a lot of love on this. Cause he was like, I, this is for him. He's calls this the eighth one. Like he gets to do it again. <laughs> and he wanted to, he came in balls fucking deep in this man. He was balls deep in this. And yeah. he was really, you know, he was very, he was the calm guy. I mean, I'm the guy that freaks out. I mean, I'm an emotional guy. Where my heart, my soul, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and Dave is just, you know, <laughs> Dave is what we remember Larry Tate from Bewitched, where he, yeah. he, he agrees <laughs> with whoever's in the room at the time. That's Dave. Yeah. That's Dave. Dave's Larry Tate. And I'm the more emotional, like, what the fuck? What's going on? Huh? And Steve is more the voice of reason. And Joe is the calm, passionate. Yeah. So, you know, he loved me, guys. Don't worry about it, you know. And, <laughs> To have somebody who's singing that good and also be uh, add so much to the songwriting and the production, yeah, we didn't have that in the other situation at all. I mean, zero. Yeah. So I mean, it was it, it was interesting to get us all together at with all this time that had passed and coming out a, a new project, a new record in a different way. It was a trip. Yeah, and uh, we there was a lot of the experiences was really positive and fun, and some of it was difficult because we all want to, we're all very strong personalities, solo artists in our own right, for lack of a better term. Um, so, you know, you put five five bulls and one cow in a room, and what's going to happen, you know? Wait, it was wait, like that sometimes. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. Who's the cow? No, don't even go there, man. Uh, well, no, the thing is, the cow was the, was the recording machine. You know I mean, we all had different ways, very strong personalities of how to do this. And yeah. CJ really had to step in, and, and he got great performances out of everybody. He's an incredibly yeah. patient man, and everybody got their licks, and everybody got to shine. It's a real band record. It's not like... Oh, where's all the shredding guitar solos? I was like, but man, yeah. you know what? It's not about that. Yeah, exactly. Everybody gets to sing. I mean, everybody gets to write. Everybody gets to produce and get their songs. And 
and their and their parts on there. Everybody shines. It's a real band record, man. Yeah, yeah well, but there's there's some shredding in there too. Well, you know, but then you know, <laughs> it's not the primary motivation right, to exactly. get out of bed in the yeah, morning. You know? Right. I mean, to me, having the dual keyboard thing back. This is the first. I know um, where Stephen oh, Stephen yeah. Dave really got to like. Okay, here's yeah. my shit. Particularly Steve. So. He really got, I mean, those classic touches are the things that we're missing from our past efforts. And Joseph's strong voice and then the multiple lead singer thing that we've always had. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it, almost as if the, the dimension is back. The The old yeah. dimension is back, multi-keyboards, multi-vocalists, and, and coming at a really high level. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, working with CJ because you did yeah. uh, you did most of the recording and the mixing at his uh, at yeah. his studio called the the Treehouse and uh, uh, everything except a couple drum parts and Capitol Records. We or did, something we, like yeah, that. we did the drums with uh, Chaba at uh, Capitol Studios okay. yeah. in Hollywood because we wanted the big room sound. Yeah. Uh, but I, what we loved about CJ's room and he set up this environment where they, there's everybody's wearing headphones sitting around the room with a microphone in the middle of the room. Yeah, and like when we were doing vocals and stuff. Sometimes we go, I don't, I want to try this part or, you know, Joey, I, let Dave try this part or maybe we should rewrite this part. And we just sit there and do it and try stuff and we just do it on the spot. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't, there was a less slick studio Hollywood vi- environment about yeah. it. And I think the way CJ described that is you guys, he brought you guys back to the garage. Yeah. Well, kind of, because it was like a more of a high tech garage, but yeah. very garage like. <laughs> And a lot of times, like, you know, I'd go, I just, Dave, let me just work with CJ today. Or Joe would go, let me just do vocals. Or Dave would go, why don't you come up to my house and we'll do this, you know. So everybody got their alone time as well. Yeah. yeah. And then we'd all get back together and see what everybody did. And we go, oh, that's great. That's great. And you know what? Man, that steps on this part. Remember this part? You know, some of these tracks have like, you know, 150, 200 tracks going at the same time. So, you know, there's a lot of little hidden layers that you listen to on headphones. You can hear all these little crazy little things that come and go. You know, when I think about Toto getting together to create an album, I always think about day one. You know, the first day you, Paige, Joe, Steve, yeah. Picard, everybody gets together to roadmap this album. And so tell me, how did it begin? Did, did everyone walk into the room with something to contribute right away? Or did you first discuss what everybody wants, go away, and then come back? Well, there's no such thing as demos anymore because everybody has yeah. recording devices that mm-hmm. are of high quality. So right, if somebody right. had a great idea, I mean, I think the first song we cut was Joseph's song, Fortune. Because it was already almost done, he had this really great "quote unquote" demo, and I said, "Well, there's nothing wrong with this. Let's just let me just start putting some parts on this." I started adding vocal parts, and I started putting a bunch of guitars. Then Dave came in, and then we got Tal to come in and play bass, and then we put Keith on, and then Lenny came on, and all of a sudden, there's your record. So we kind of followed that pattern. Somebody had a germ of an idea. Now some of these songs were written from scratch, like the opening cut running running was like that that was written from scratch up at dave's studio we sort of made a little demo of that and then we went to cj's and built it from there we started over again yeah well on the first track of the album it's 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 actually um the way you sequenced everything it's running out of time and that's uh yeah that was the first thing we actually wrote as a band for the record me david joe wrote that yeah 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 you know having listened to the whole entire album several times of course with rick and this was the perfect track to start off with. It really was. Yeah, we thought so. I mean, we wanted to hit hard and have Joe really strong. So it was like, hey, this is, the guys are back. Okay, I get yeah. it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the first half of the album was really a one-two punch. And this kind of chills out for a minute. And then we end with a big bang with uh, Great Expectations. Yeah. So it really is that you have to kind of listen to it from top to bottom. I mean, people take, like hearing some of the new tracks, taking it out of context, going, oh, I don't know, I expect it to be more of this. Most of the reactions have been 99% <laughs> positive. But the few people... 
I don't know, man. You know, I don't know, man. It's like, well, you got to really listen to the whole thing, and you you, yeah. you understand yeah. the full statement of what we're trying to make. At least I think so, anyway. Mm-hmm. The next track on the album is "Burn." Uh, you know, superb uh, power ballad That's that was great. written by uh, Joe and, and Paige. And I, I think Paige mentioned that uh, you guys considered kicking the album off with this track, but opted for running out of time. Well, I, I thought it would be an interesting start because people, yeah. oh, they're starting out with some mellow, mellow stuff. And when, when that chorus kicks in, it's, uh, it sort of uh, would uh, win over the naysayers, as it were. It's a really strong, powerful chorus. Kicks ass. Joseph's so strong on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful piece. Of, I mean, they, they said, Jeff and Dave, when we decided we were going to do this, uh, we were on our – summer tour last year yeah. in the united states and you know germs start going well maybe we should start throwing some ideas together and people started getting a little bit more proactive about it and that was one of the pieces that came out you know i found this old song chinatown that was from 1977 right, right. pre-toto mm-hmm. so and i said dave you got to finish this this would be great for all the old school fans right, you know exactly Hung, with hungate playing bass and lenny and all of a sudden mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite tracks three lead vocalists on yep. a song yep. that's unheard of nobody does this stuff so we tried to play to our strengths and do weird stuff that nobody else does yeah well, one track that you've uh, the fans have actually been able to hear right now is is Holy War, and uh, lyrically, you know, it's 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 a heavy topic. In a nutshell, about you know those who use religion to justify murder and, and torture, that kind of stuff. Uh, what inspired you? I mean, what was it time for this message, or how did you come well, to I this? Mean, you, this know, f- you know, we've tried obviously in the past. We've avoided the political, you know, mm-hmm. hot topics. You know. Yeah. But, you know, you get to a certain age, you know, like, and the, the world has gone mad as far as I can see. I mean, first off, that sure. song had was re- rewritten a couple times. The original version was just me and CJ, and I had a different melody and a different thing. Mm-hmm. And Joe goes, do you mind if I take this one home? I, I want to show you something. I got a different idea. I said, yeah, man, because we, we threw the rule book out. And if anybody had a different idea, come on, let's let's hear what you got. Sure. And he came back with this whole concept, a different melody, and Holy War was the thing. And I thought, this is a much better idea than what i had so let's go with this uh and then we worked on it together and uh the idea and then of course you know i make some remark about like you know just how killing in the name of god seems you know ridiculous to me thou shalt not kill all of a sudden somebody takes that and turns it into a headline now i'm this like Fuck you, you asshole, liberal, right. non-Christian. I'm like, whoa, man. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know? Yeah. This is a non-partisan message, man. It's like, you know, we're still shooting each other and blowing shit up in 2015. Has that ever worked in history, guys? Ever? <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh, people make money off it. Oh, I get it. That's why we keep doing yeah. it. Um, so, I mean, that was the point, man. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to alienate half my audience by pretending to be either right or left side. I'm much right. more of a moderate person. I'm a peace and love guy, but I understand uh, why people are upset. But I don't really necessarily see violence begetting violence. If you look at it from a Gandhi approach, an eye for an eye only causes blindness. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That was the point I was yeah. trying to make. I'm not trying to like you know, <laughs> right. be be a, a, a pussy or be a killer. Either. Or send a partisan you know I mean? message, right? Yeah. You know, can't, I mean, it's a very broad statement. Take it as such. You know, mm-hmm. look at all your underwear in a bundle or something. I might say, <laughs> right. but at the same time, we're not sitting around writing songs about how big my ass is going to the club either. You know, <laughs> I think we're along. You know, come on, man. I mean, the way, some of the dumbing down of, a, of the world is disturbing to me. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a little bit more to say than just "Ooh, baby, I love you." I'm not in love right now. I wish I was, but yeah. uh, I'm not. You know, 
I love my kids and I love my friends and I even love my ex-wives, but you know, we're not together anymore and that's just right. the way life is. It's the way it turns out. I've had some great experiences in love. Right now, not so lucky, but yeah. hey, life, shit happens, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the road 200 days a year. It's <laughs> hard right. to be in love with <laughs> Well, hey, uh, 21st Century Blues along with Holy War, you know, those were yeah. both efforts by you and CJ and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but to my ear, those those two tracks sound as though they were cut from kind of the same cloth as the songs that you know you you uh, released on transition. Yeah. And just just out of curiosity, well, yeah, I mean that's what happens. I mean, there's a yeah, just like you know, there's a certain chemical yeah. thing that happens. You know, yeah, me and CJ get together, and that's the kind of stuff we come up with. Um, just like when you get Paige, me and Joe, and everybody in the room, uh, yep. a different kind of synergy happens. Right, you know, right. it's a different. We don't talk about it. We don't say, well, let's try to do this or sound like this. It just happened. Right, right. Well, I guess my curiosity was, were either of those tracks, you know, written around the same time as Transition that you brought to the table for No, Toto? no, those are all brand new okay. songs. All Interesting. Right. That's cool. Okay, the cool. The only old song that we brought to the party was... Um, Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah. You know, Orphan is a track that you released um, as your first single. And uh, from what we're hearing, uh, it's, it's it's doing really well, especially uh, it's getting some good attention in different countries. Uh, well, yeah, it's actually doing really, really well. And it's a funny story because I hated that song when I first got it. Really? Now, why, I understand, why when I first heard it, it was a ska song, if you can imagine. <laughs> really? Oh, really? I mean, I thought it was like a really bad No Doubt reject. Or <laughs> Dave, what do you have these weird little fake saxophones in it? It was like, Dave, what is this? You know, this is no, no. And we got a heated argument about it, actually. Really? And Joe was all, Joe, Joe was like riding the fence. He was like, you know, he could see my point of view, but he liked the song. And I said, okay, you need to let me rewrite this with you if we're going to do this. Because it was really too, like, uh, yeah. sugary sweet, okay. you know? All right. It, and I said, you got to let me tear this thing apart with you. Uh, and which she uh, begrudgingly did, but not begrudging. No, he said, okay, yeah, at first, you know. He went away mad for a night, and then we kissed and made up, and then uh, that's the short story. Uh, and he warned me over, and then I, I, I added, I changed it so much that I, I ended up getting writing credit on it. But uh, yeah, I, and then it turned out to be, and then it turns out to be one of my favorite tracks on yeah. the record. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's a little nod to the police in there, and I mean, yeah. our, our, our influences mm -hmm. we wear on our sleeve, as you can tell. Uh, with twenty first century, it was more like a steely nod. Uh, there's some yes nods uh, yep. to yep. all of our favorite early 70s prog rock. Floyd, Jethro Tull, Genesis, yes, you know, all that stuff that we loved. Right. And, and and this was a little nod to the, uh, without trying to, once Keith Carlock got his drums on there, it started to have the energy of a police. I played bass on this track, which I, had, yeah. I got a big kick out of. <laughs> so I tried to, you know, because I came, rewrote the whole bridge thing, and then I came up with a different guitar part instead of what they had. So it wasn't going uh, with the upbeat, weird little ska reggae thing that I didn't think worked at all. It made it sound really cutesy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it ended up being a really strong. Yeah. We wrote the lyrics a couple times, and uh, it's a great Joseph vocal. And, I, and now I really dig the tune. And uh, it, it has those chord changes that are a little bit familiar for my taste, but at the same time, uh, Dave, Dave was, you know, he says, man, it's accessible to people. I mean, we don't have to always write over everybody's head, you know. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I, I get, I'll give you that, but we gotta make it doll it up and make it a little hipper than this. Right, Come no, on, no, no, the song, the the track rocks, and and Carlock does an amazing job. Yeah, yeah he's really drums. cool. Yeah. And I purposely shot away from just a shredding solo at the end. I wanted to just come right more of a hook part than a solo part. Yep. 
Well, speaking of Carlock, and I don't know how much, how much you can say or want to talk about, but you oh, know, sure, I, I talk about anything. I love Keith. I just got off the road with him. Well, I just, I just think fans are curious to know, you know, what's up with his position with the band because you know, I, I, we all kind of assumed that he was going to go out on tour with you guys this yeah. year, but it looks like you know he's back with Steely again, and you're going to take Shannon out on the road with you. So yeah, well, it's really funny how that worked. I mean, it was really unfortunate, and I know that he has a lot of regrets about how that all went down. But you know, understand he's got a 17 year history with Steely Dan. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. They weren't supposed to tour this year. Uh-huh. You know, this is the problem when you put together a band with a bunch of guys that are, uh, you know, everybody wants to work with. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I mean, there were some, you know, a lot of issues that went into play, how this all thing, how it all went down. Yes, he was very much supposed to join up and do the tour with us, and we were very excited about that. But then all of a sudden, he found himself double booked. Yeah. And there came a point where, like, I couldn't, I could move only this much, but I can't move all this. And, yeah. I, and it got really weird for a minute. And uh, the decision was made that he was going to stay with them. but And then Shannon was going to come out. And I love Shannon. This is not a diss to yeah. Shannon at all because Shannon's a brilliant – with him, Lenny, and Hungate, it's going to be scary awesome. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of the stuff, you know, Keith and uh, Shannon have kind of flip-flopped on gigs before. They're both different drummers, but they both are very high level. And I both I love them both. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, if we're talking about the album, you know, Keith brought so much to the album. I mean, obviously when Simon left, which was very sad. I mean, 20 years, hard. I love Simon. I mean, he's one, he was such an important part of our history, and I love him. There's no bad feelings at all. I mean, nothing but love and respect. I mean, his new yeah. band Protocol is world class. Please go see him; they're yeah. awesome. Oh, they are. I saw and, that last time. And, and I see. You know, I went to one of the gigs right after this. Everybody thought we were all mortal enemies. Or something. <laughs> That's like, no, Simon just wanted to do his thing, man. Do yeah. it in his terms, his way. He didn't yeah. want to. You know, he was like the listen. He came in after Keith Moon. He came in after Jeff Picard. He, he was double booking himself. We wanted to work. He had already had things. He didn't want to change, and it just got a little weird. And, and he just said, "Look, you know what." I don't want to. Do, I want to do my own thing. So it's yeah. okay, man. That's the that's the short story. And there's nothing but love and hugs. I just been back and forth with him on the texting. As a matter of fact, I mean, right. it was, it was his girlfriend just texted me about something. And I'm like, you know, Mike. Mike's not doing that good, and I wanted him yeah. to to know some stuff. And uh, you know, I, we wished each other well on each other's tours, and we saw each other. I, I'd work with Simon Phillips again at any time. Mm-hmm. So, so don't think that's another reason. The thing about like, well, how come you only put four guys on the album cover? Um, we called the guys to fly in, but they didn't want to fly in. They were busy. So, <laughs> and what, you know, and then we put everybody's picture on the cover, you know, on yeah. the inside sleeve. So, but, you know, in the end, who knows? You know, Hungate's back. We're really excited about having him back. Yeah, and, you so know, cool. how long is he going to stay? I don't know, as long as he wants to stay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's gigs his as long as he wants it. Lenny Castro's coming back. I couldn't be more excited for that. That's and awesome, I've been yeah. on the road with Lenny since, you know, since the 80s. And he was there from day one. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's he right. brings he brings an insane amount of it. I had to arm wrestle Joe Bonamassa <laughs> to get it back. But so funny. I just uh, I just watched a, a video out there flown on YouTube of a concert you guys did at the Agora Ballroom in Cleveland in, in ah, 1978, 79. Yeah, or something. Lenny's on stage, you know, with bare chested with the uh, the rainbow suspenders, and it was just <laughs> such a good look. <laughs> he stole those from me. I, I refuse to wear them anymore. I bought those before Mork, by the way. That's right. Uh, yeah, or, exactly. or Gallagher. <laughs> that was before I knew him, man. You know? Hey, um, Unknown Soldier is a song about you know those who have served and lost their lives fighting you know wars for silly things like oil and political greed, and ultimately their efforts go unnoticed after making you know such a sacrifice. And you dedicated this song to your brother Jeff Percaro, and, and I just wanted to ask you a little more about this track. Well, you know, 
that song, Jeff was a big Civil War buff. Now, this song is, a, I helped Paige finish this song. He had a germ of an idea, and uh -huh. Unknown Soldier was his, and he was working on the words before he finished the music. Uh-huh. And this is like Jeff, you know, this one was for Jeffrey, you know, this is very important to him. Now we, as we got into finishing the song together and musically and everything like that, and we ended up finishing in my house, which is an acoustic guitar and my piano in my living room, uh, old school. Mm -hmm. We, um, the message was become, you guys got the message, but there's the nod to Jeffrey was just the fact that he, you know, yeah. how he would have perceived what's going from old school to new school war, at least the soldiers back in, the old days got respect when they came back. You know, uh -huh. now it's like you know you you wonder what you're fighting for. You yeah. know, why am I fighting? And then you come home to be forgotten. Like, okay, we don't need you anymore. Oh yeah, we're all for our troops. Blow your legs off. You come home and there's nothing for you. Right. The government the government has cut your funding. Yeah. But these are the same people saying it's un-American not not to go in and blow up uh, the Middle East because uh, you know uh, or blah blah blah. You know, I'm like. Uh, we need to take a little harder look at like what's really going on here, man. Yeah. You know, my father was a Marine. My uncle was in, in, in the army. Um, I've, I saw what it did to them and heard the, some of the stories that were, you know, that's the stuff you don't see on the news, you know, what yeah. it really does to people. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, there are, these are real people. They're not just, uh, a, you know, a, a tombstone. Thanks for explaining that. You know, we were just curious after seeing the lyrical content and how, you know where the correlation came with a nod to Jeff on that one. So that was that was good to know. Yeah, didn't realize he was a Civil War buff. Yeah. Hey, Luke. One one of the most uh, refreshing tracks on the album is it's written by Steve uh, Bracaro and of course the the amazingly talented Ali Willis. Um, you know, and me and Rick have to say it's so nice to see to to hear Steve's voice in a total album again. The track is called "The Little Things." It's yeah, well, it's he's, he's an incredibly talented guy. He's actually got a solo album worth the material. I kept going, I want you, Luke. Yeah. Give me some more songs. I want right. to take that one. He's going, oh, <laughs> no, man. Oh. It was like it's he gave beautiful. me that one. And we worked on it, and that was really his baby. But I mean, we could if he was going to come back in the band, we had to have a Steve McCarl song with Steve McCarl singing it. Right. Come on, you right. know. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, he was so busy working on a TV show and stuff like that, just to grab him for when we could. It was, uh, it was great, you know. And uh, I thought I was, I really loved the song. And, and and when you hear that song, you go, "Oh, that must be the guy that wrote Human Nature," because <laughs> he has a stylistic stamp yeah. to his yeah. music that uh, nobody else has. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful track. Well, it was cool that you guys brought back Michael McDonald for this record. And um, I, I believe his vocals are used on the track Fortune. And I think I can also hear his vocals on the uh, the Chinatown track. Yeah, well, you know, Mike McDonald has such a unique voice. Yeah. If you use him even a little bit, you go, hey, that's Mike McDonald. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, and Mike's part of the family, man. You know, at yeah. one point he was going to be, he was asked to be the original lead singer in the band. Really? Yeah, he. I've known Michael was in Steely Dan with with Jeff Picaro when right. we were still in high school. Right. I mean, that's how long we go back. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and you know, he had just joined the Juby Brothers and cut Take Him to the Streets when Jeff and Dave goes, "Hey, we got a band. We want you to sing." He's like, "Oh man, I just joined the Juby Brothers last week." <laughs> so it would have been a different band. There's no question. But you know, like that, I played on Mike's first solo album, and you know, we've always worked together on different projects. We've been friends forever. I love him to death. We had a blast on tour with him last summer, and I look forward to doing more with him down the line. 
You know, when I was when I was ten years old, I bought the debut Toto album with my allowance. You know, down at a local record shop. Oh and, my god! You know, having having been a fan, you know, since the beginning, I so appreciate the groove that that Chinatown brings back. You know, to the mix on this album, and yeah. you know, it, it, it harkens back to that Boz Gags, Georgie Porgy kind of groove R and B. It groove. was written exactly at that same time. Yeah, yeah. It was this undiscovered gem. I said, Dave, Chinatown, man, we got to finish the song. Okay. The old the old fans will love the shit, and then we brought brought Ungate back and Lenny. And uh, and then we put our thing on it, you know. And uh, it's one of my favorite tracks. You also brought back uh, Tom Scott. He plays a uh, sax on this one as well, right? Yeah, he did the Corner Rangers. You know, he gave yeah. us, you know, uh, he, he's on that one. He's also on um, my song Twenty First Century Blues. Yeah, and that's we, right. He just heard, you know, Tom's a genius. So we just say, Tom, what do you hear? And then these days he comes in. He goes, Well, I'll come down and. and he, and uh, we'll we'll listen to the track together. He, when he comes down, he's got a little what are those things you plug in the side of the computer, a zip drive or whatever. Yeah, plugs it is. The parts are done. <laughs> and we're like, what? That's great, awesome. Here, how much you want for that? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the positive aspect of technology. Yeah, I guess so. You know, he had already goes. This is how I hear it. I'm just gonna. T- Play what you like. If you don't like it, I'll write something else. And I'll play something else. But it was, yeah. you know, this is a guy that wrote, wrote all the Steely Dan charts and stuff. I mean, he's world yeah. class. Tom Scott doesn't get any better. Hey, you know, Paige mentioned that he and uh, Michael Sherwood, I think, revamped uh, Chinatown lyrically as the yeah. uh, original version was. I guess the way he described it was somewhat politically incorrect. And can you give us an an example of a lyric from the original that wouldn't stand up today? <laughs> nice, yeah, I mean, like put. I said, I love the track. I love, <laughs> but, you know, some of the lyrics are like, Dave, uh, Chinese people don't say mama song. You know, okay, there okay. was things like that. There's a few other, I don't want to, you know, it, it right. was a little disjointed, written by a young man. You know, I mean, so Mike Sherwood and him, you know, have a nice little uh, writing thing happening, and then Michael kept him honest, and that was cool. Um, uh, but I loved, and also the way the lyrics were written made it okay for three different guys to sing lead vocal on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any other band that I can think of that's ever had three lead vocalists on one song. I know, it's an amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. some weird little thing that we do that we never even really talked about. It just sort of happened organically. Yeah. I think it started out with like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who should sing the song. I, I go like, well, Dave, this first part is the first part of the song was uh, okay. Let's let's try this and see what happens. And, and then CJ was like, well, these all sound. Good. You should sing this part. You sing this part. You yeah. sing this part. And I go, well, it's almost like a little mini operetta, you know. Yeah. And since it's not a love song, it's not all strange to have three men singing to each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, another track where you know. Uh, you guys all shared vocals. There was uh, was was if if I had to pick one track that completely blew me away on this album, it's Great Expectations. And yeah, and that's I, the one. That's that's my favorite track. That I, might be one of the most favorite things we've ever done. Yeah, well, I would agree. And and it's similar to like Better World from the Minefields album. This this track is sort of laid out in several parts and has you know a very progressive approach. And lyrically, it's powerful and uplifting. And it's you know this is one track that allows everyone to explore. You know, with with room for incredible guitar and key solos and Carlock's drumming is monstrous. And yeah. tell me how a complicated track like this comes together. Mm-hmm. Well, really, we all had pieces. Like Dave had this the intro piece to that since Turnback. Just that I have great expectations, but he never had a song. Yeah, I go well. We got to do something with that. And then he had a different thing. I said, Nah, that's not going to work. I said, You got to let me help me finish this, man. It's all right. Then Joseph had some really great ideas uh, for the chorus, melody, and the yeah. lyrics. Then we threw our heads together on the lyrics and some of it. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, and reoccurring themes. That's our like a uh, little nod back to yes and all that other stuff. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, that that was a real beast. Mm-hmm. That was like everybody brought in pieces and we kind of put the puzzle together. Yeah. Did you play bass on this, or did Dave? I did. You did. My, huh? my inner Chris Squire. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great job. I had fun playing. I played bass on Unknown Soldier, too. Mm-hmm. I I did. I sort of did it as a placeholder, but everybody really liked the part, so I said, well, I guess we don't have to do that again. Because there's some great bass players on the album. Lee Sklar's on there, Tal Wilkenfeld. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim LeFay from uh, Derek Truck's band. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hungate, of course, you know, so a little tribute to Mike, if you will. Well, you know, this track is a great example of what I've always believed Toto is is all about, you know, a complete effort by everyone involved and you, Joe, Page, you know, you guys all trade vocal duties. As I, and I mentioned earlier, musically, it's a masterpiece with everyone featured throughout. And, and uh, I just, you know, I, I have one, I just had a que- couple questions, a uh, thought about this, that jam that's like towards the you know, the end of the track. It reminded me a little of the jam at the end of I'll Supply the Love, you know, uh, musically speaking. I, I don't know. If- uh, well, you know, yeah, it, it, that meets isolation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's what they do. That's what those guys do. I mean, that's the same people playing and coming up with little arrangement ideas. I mean, we wanted to play to our audience. When we're going to have David Page and Steve McCarl back, let's use them. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, it shows a lot of cool stuff from Keith Garlock and yeah. uh, Lenny as well. So I mean, you know, it's a, it's a group effort there, man. There's a lot of great Steve Picaroisms and Pachisms yeah. in there, and I get my licks in as well. So yeah. I'm a little nod to Dave Gilmore, if you will. You know. Yeah, and, and that section I was just talking about, if you know what I'm talking about, that, tell me about. Yeah. The, I'm just trying to figure out the time signature in that section. It's kind of all over the place, isn't it? Da, 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 da. It's like a bar of four and a bar of six, I guess. I never thought about it until you just asked me. Yeah, that's figure crazy. it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, to ten four. Okay, right. that's really what it is. <laughs> never thought about that. You're the first guy to ever ask me that. Wow. I just feel it. I don't count that stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, another one that we try to count out too is uh, is is the bonus track, which is simply beautiful. I mean, it's it's oh called, Ben, it's that's called Steve Carl. That's 100 percent Steve Carl. Yeah, that's Steve and Michael Sherwood, and and, uh, and when we first that's, heard that should be on a Gentle Giant record, man. That's what that sounds like. I love that song. <laughs> it's that beautiful. was an afterthought. Like we have this in the contract. You have to have a job. But these bonus cut. I'm looking. I go. I thought we we're done. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and then Steve wrote me a, a beautiful uh, email. And he wrote the song for his brother Mike. You know, and, and yeah. about you know harboring resentments and life is short. And it was right. such a beautiful, moving piece that I said. He asked. He goes. Well, remember my song "Secret Love" on Hydra? He goes. I got one like that. I go. Would you listen to it? I said. Please send it over. That's exactly. And like, it actually made me cry. It was like, you know, it was that deep. And I said, well, I wish it was on all the versions. It's funny you mentioned that because when I heard the track, I thought this reminds me of the end of Hydra. You know, like that little yeah. subtle, that little subtle, you know, way to end, you know, such a dynamic album. And it, it's it was very cool. Yeah, it brought a secret love to mine instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, you know, and it made Steve really happy because I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful piece of music. It is. It I'm is. sure Steve McCarl will be having a solo album out there. He's he's got a solo albums with the stuff. He just needs to yeah. finish. And um, we, we've put talked the last about touches that. on it, and uh, I think after this, of course, he's finishing up with Justify. This is the last season, and we're going to be on the road. I think his next break's going to be finishing and mixing that uh-huh. record, and then That's he'll great. have something to put out for That's himself. Awesome. And he should; it's way overdue. He's got great music. Mm-hmm. 
Why is it that Japan always gets the bonus track? I know that sucks, man. What's it? <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> shitty thing to me. I, I don't understand it, but you know, yeah. it's in the contract. You know, I, I for some particular, I think it, originally it was supposed to stop bootleggers, but like, uh, thanks to the miracle of the internet, uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what the day the first day this comes out for every one we sell i would imagine a thousand to ten thousand will be ripped uh, so if people wonder why the record business is dying that's okay that's what that's why now yeah. you there's nothing you can do about that yeah. well there is but then they'd have to tell you that they're spying on you even though they right. are anyway <laughs> right right <laughs> and if i was if i was going on child porn sites they'd be able to nail me right away why can't they nail somebody who's I'm not talking about sharing the music, okay? I have to really, really make a difference between me sending you going, check out this record. Right. I'm talking about somebody who puts it up, D to D, and says, download this record for free. Right, yeah. To strangers, not friends. Exactly. That's not cool, man. No, it's not cool. And that's what's wrong. That's And the quality of records is suffering because of it. Yeah. And these people that say, well, nobody cares about the album anymore. All they want is one track. Oh, yeah, build a career on one song. Right. Who's going to pay money to come see one song, bro? Where are you going to play to play one song? Yeah. You know I mean? Right. It's a bullshit excuse for people who are benefiting from the you know, advertising. We don't make any money off the advertising. I mean, people say start your own YouTube channel. Man, I'm, I got enough on my plate. Why do I have to chase down my own intellectual property? Right, exactly. That's exactly. like if I came to your house and I threw out all your stuff on the front lawn. I said, it's my place now. You go, wait, no, it's mine. It says right here, I bought this. I was like, oh, no, not anymore. It's mine. Right. Fuck you. It's mine. What are you going to do about it? That's what they did to our music. They don't think music yeah. is like a, a thing, right. like, a, like a house or a car or something. It's just, it's just music. Well, man, you know, yeah, you can make the lap, you can make music in a laptop in your room, but you can't make the wall. You can't make, uh, you know, Sergeant Pepper's on a laptop in your front. You can't make, uh, right. you know, any of the big records that we all grow close to the edge. You're going to make that on your laptop at home? Go ahead. Let's see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something about playing in a room with old microphones and a big console and really great musicians and engineers and producers that creates greatness. You know, mm -hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, make that with GarageBand, please. Okay? Show me <laughs> how you do that. Right. You know, I mean, come on, guys. You get what you pay for. Exactly. Well. Exactly. We're glad that we're going to be able to offer this to Inside Music Cast listeners, and they're going to get it the right way and enjoy it the way it should be. Well, no, listen, you know, it is what it is. We try, and, and a lot of people are honest, and a lot of the people that support our music and support musicians do the right thing, you know. And I'm not saying don't share a track. I'm just saying the day our record comes out, you know, watch how many get ripped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sadly true. Totally if, true. If one-tenth of our Facebook fans bought our shit, we'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Luke, you have a, a very busy schedule this next year. Of course, a lot of tour, uh, touring gigs in, uh, in, in Europe. And, uh, All over. What, what kind of uh, what, what songs from this uh, album are you going to be considering for the set list? You said earlier that you're going to be oh, mixing man. it up with yeah, some we're other gonna stuff. Do, we're not going to do them all. We love yeah. to do them all, but yeah. we can't. Yeah. Um, you know, probably all the obvious ones you would think, you know. Yeah. Um, I think we want to dig back into the catalog, just get some rare gems out there that we haven't done. We're already laughing about some of those possibilities. Yeah, but Steve and Joe and uh, back, you know, we want to take advantage of that that era stuff. Yeah, but, right, right. And Dave's stuff too, you know, and I want to, you know, obviously we have to play some of the biggest hits, you know, we can't get around that, but we want to spice up the set too. Yep. I mean, we're going to go on the road in August and September with somebody really cool, which I can't tell you who that is yet, but... Um, 
we're gonna we may play different songs different nights it really depends on what we're doing or we're gonna play like sweden rock we're not gonna play ballads at that we're gonna do something <laughs> different you know yeah it really depends on the gig so we're, we're you know we're gonna have the band rehearsed up really well and be able to be oh what is this the greatest hit show we have to do that tonight or can we get a little deeper oh we're gonna play with so-and-so well, let's do this kind of a set you know yeah uh, but, you know, with representing all eras of our music. But, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to want to, the new stuff means something to us, but people got to hear their favorite songs. And we want to dig deep into the the deep cuts and get and go some places that we haven't gone in maybe ever or, or certainly not in 30 years or plus, you know. And, you know, well, regardless of uh, whoever it is you co-headline your summer tour with, I, I know that uh, Toto fans here in the States would love to catch a full set. Is there any chance you might do a show or two where you guys do a full set? We might, yeah, we might do it. Here's the thing. In order for us to play in the buildings we want to play and, and make the money that's going to cost to keep this band on the road, yeah. these co-bills are a necessity. I mean, yeah. um, we're, what we're hoping to is build up the year after this year in 2016 is be able to do more headline theaters yeah. where we can do our two-hour show. Yeah. Yeah. But it's better this than nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, well, there will be a few shows that maybe afterwards that we'll do play a few places Come back and do the full set, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I can't predict the future for right now. We're just let me get this off the ground for God's sake. This is a handful. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for spending time with us. The, uh, All right, buddy. I got to go pee right now. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Total 14 is fantastic, and we look forward to, uh, you know, uh, the world. <laughs> I want you to leave that in, by the way. What's that? The, I want the you pee leave part? That in, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll stay. That'll stay. Everything's going to stay here. <laughs> hey, thanks, Steve. Thanks so much, Thank Steve. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the support. Oh, take no care. problem. Thank you. Thanks for the great review. You're very sweet. Oh, thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? All right. Take it easy. See you, Luke. Bye. Special thanks to Steve Lukather for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman. Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Unilon for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. <laughs>